welcome back to Fostering Growth. My name is Laura. I'm Ryan. Ah, and we are back with Anxiety Part 2. <laughs> Yay! More anxiety! Uh, it's been a really long time since we posted. We understand. We're very sorry about that. Uh, but we have been working on getting better content out, you know, and, and more, what was the word that you used? Quality. Yeah, better quality. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we have been giving, like, a lot of thought into, you know, the way that we want to continue things. And, you know, we've been working really hard on, like, you know, organizing ourselves, you know, making outlines, talking about, like, what we are going to talk about beforehand, just to give ourselves that, you know, perception of, you know, we're not just kind of talking out of here. <laughs> yeah, the um, so we had an episode lined up. Uh, we had a guest, and unfortunately, the the quality of the sound, I we were just weren't able to get it up to standard. Um, it was going to be really distracting, and we didn't want something in the background to be um, drawing you your attention away from the content itself. So, with uh, much you know thought. Laura and I got together and we just decided, you know what, it's just best to scrap it and retry again. So we will have that future said guest in the future and they're going to do it again and we're going <laughs> to eventually post that up. So, but now, happy Labor Day. We are laboring on Labor Day. Ah, but don't, so <laughs> Actually, we're not laboring because we're here working. <laughs> just kidding. Right. <laughs> exactly. So um yes anxiety part two so in our last episode we said we were going to do this little like maybe three-part series about anxiety because we all know that is a big broad topic and we can be sitting here for hours <laughs> so we wanted to divvy it up and last episode we spent a lot of time just talking about general types of anxiety i think we narrowed it down to two right social anxiety um, what was the other one? There was two big ones. Social anxiety is a huge one that a lot of people have. It's definitely what I have. I know. No, I mean, we spoke about, uh, because we've talked about different ones. I think we gave out like five ones and it was social anxiety. Yeah. Obviously your classic anxiety, right? You're afraid of something, of something happening. Mm -hmm. You're always dwelling on the future mm -hmm. instead of being present. Right. And then that's kind of robbing you of your focus on other things. Yeah. And then, so we, we covered that. Then we covered Laura's anxiety and my anxiety. And then uh, we've also, you know, gave details on what affects us differently. And then, you know, I had my nice little confession <laughs> to Laura on, on air about <laughs> how I unsend messages if I'm not confident in them. And apparently that triggers her anxiety. So, <laughs> which is the perfect segue to say uh, what, triggers us and our next part two of, you know, kind of being aware of the different forms of anxiety and the triggers of anxiety. So uh, here we are back again, sharing our stories and putting ourselves out there. <laughs> so triggers, let's, let's hang on to that word. I'm sorry, Laura, that I was a trigger. <laughs> but... Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's sincere. <laughs> but um, one of the things that we really should talk about is is triggers because everybody has them. Everybody has different ones. And I want to emphasize people like trigger can mean a couple different things. It could be a subject, right? It could just be something you see, right? Like if you have a fear of cars, 
And then as soon as you see one flying up the road, that's going to trigger your anxiety, you know? So, I mean, what are some triggers that you can? I can. Brian, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, right now, as uh, some of you have seen, that I am taking a step back from social media because social media has been a trigger for me recently. And it's not so much that I'm getting like attacked on social media or anything. It's more of when you start putting your life out there in that, you know, what can I control? What can I not control? You realize that social media is something that you can can control, but it feels like you can't because you're trying to put, you know, pictures up there or you're trying to show the world what you're up to. When in reality, you know, you're making those memories, but also you're not really in that moment. And I've realized that I, you know, post things and a lot of things I do post like, you know, dumb stuff or like funny things, uh, things that I relate to and, and is my suffering into funny stuff, <laughs> which is not healthy. And, uh, you know, speaking to my therapist, like it was just one thing where she's like, have you ever thought of, you know, taking a step back? And I remember I told myself, okay, I'm going to step back from Facebook. And I haven't had Facebook in about six years. And I know that it's continuing. And a lot of people are like, oh, this is on Facebook. And I'm like, I don't know anything about Facebook. I'm sorry, because I don't have Facebook. But I step, I supposedly, you know, stepped back from Facebook, took a break. And I never felt the need of going back. Because why? Because there was Instagram. We have so much social media out there. Which is Facebook. But go ahead. <laughs> right? It's, it's the same company. Right yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, then I Instagram. And I realized that I've been on Instagram all these years and I have never taken that, you know, uh, what is it? The social media cleanse, I would call it. Uh, people step back, they deactivate, they kind of, you know, deactivate from their social media. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, for audio listeners that Ryan just said goodbye or not goodbye, but kind of like a hello here, I'm here. And I pointed at him because he's been off social media. Yeah, as you guys know, I've been off for quite some time now, probably months now. Um, I kind of lost track. And just a little bit of background on that, because um, a lot of people kind of, I was surprised how many people cared that I was shutting down my Instagram. Or, yeah, you realize people care. They're, everybody's messaging me like, is everything okay? And I'm like, did you not read? I'm taking a step back. <laughs> right. They're like, well, it has to be a reason because Instagram is the best thing that's ever happened to man. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, everybody was like, hey, what's going on? Like, are you cool? Like, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, I'm actually better than fine. So one of the things that I at least explain to people when they ask me why I left is because, and I've talked with this on more, is, you know, if you strip away all the technology and everything, you know, we're still human beings and in essence, animals, right? So we weren't designed or born to to having this constant technology triggering of there's that word again triggers like for me right it was overloading my brain where basically every moment i was every time i was checking social media i would see something political okay that triggers something my opinions or whatever i may or may not believe in i would see that oh my favorite baseball team just lost i'm like oh Okay, that's another trigger. That's another emotion. Okay. And then all of a sudden, oh, this person posts a nice photo. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then right away, the next person, oh, why does that person get that thing? Oh, you know, it's trigger after trigger after trigger. And it's like, if there's a trigger button, 
literally social media is just doing this and our brains are not meant for that and it's a huge distraction for me at least um i noticed and we've been through this with the sober october thing i did a cleanse a social media cleanse one of the biggest things from that was i can't can't believe how much time i had and then it was like it mind blew me i was like oh my days are not or more like the hours are not consuming by like you're on social media and you're it's one o'clock and all of a sudden you're on there tiktok instagram whatever you're scrolling through yeah all of a sudden it's four o'clock and you're like oh my god i just spent three hours on social media and you don't realize it when you could have had used those other times to do other things you know and it's, outside the house it's it's that like there's definitely that but then the other thing that i've noticed because i'm never on social media consecutively like for a couple hours mm-hmm. but it adds up the, the constant random checking yeah. and scrolling for like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Excuse me. Five, 10 minutes. And then like today, my, uh, my phone gives me those little, uh, little like alerts, like, Hey, by the way, your screen time went down 9%. Oh yeah. And then it was all like, <laughs> you spend an average of four and a half hours on your screen. And I'm like, even without, I was like, how is that possible? It's because over a day, Constantly, we're checking our phones. Okay, did this person respond? Mm-hmm. Oh, did I read this article? Well, you know, it yeah. it takes all that into account and it adds up. Yeah, and technology has advanced so much. Like, I mean, remember back we had flip phones. They didn't have apps on there, they and they were the them. coolest thing ever. Yeah, and I mean, the flip phones coming back, by the way, but not in the not in the good way where it was just like to be honest and i'm not gonna do it but i keep telling myself i should just go back to a flip phone if i'm gonna take off social media i'm just gonna go back to a flip phone i've thought about it because also i get mad in a conversation smack that something something so like okay you know what bye click bye click and here it's like bye i can't i can't hang up on it yeah so there's just so many different triggers on social media that i started realizing and it's also overstimulating all, you know, your brain and you need that time off, you know, to go outside and get some sun and fresh air. And so I am definitely taking that time off and I'll be back when we are back <laughs> on fostering. She's joining the cult, the club. <laughs> I'm just really trying to focus on my mental health. And my mental health is telling me stop being on social media because as much as we tell ourselves that we are not thinking about what the other person has and what you don't have, you are. There's going to be that tiny moment, that tiny, tiny trigger that's going to get you like, why am I not on vacation? Where is, what am I doing wrong that I can't get there? Yeah. We all get there at our own pace. If you really want to, you'll plan for it. Remember, you got to plan it out because you can't just, there's a lot of people who can, you know, spontaneously take a trip, spontaneously do this or that. And if you can't, you recognize that and you work your way to what you want. And a lot of times I tell myself, oh, my God, like, I wish I could take a trip uh, to Italy. And I don't have the money because, you know, this (laughs) was I I usually call it insulation, but I know it's inflation. But I just like making fun of it because it's so bad that, you know, we don't have that money for that. So then you start putting yourself down like, oh, I wish I could. There's other people who probably, you know saved for this trip it's not because they're better off it's because they actually saved and you can do it too but what are you doing you're on social media feeling bad about yourself why can't i have this why can't i have that i would say it even goes uh, another direction too so 
Laura is completely right. You will subconsciously, we, we as human beings like to compare ourselves to anything in our surroundings, right? Um, first of all, social media blows, scales everything up to an unmanageable level where you are not connected with everybody all over the place, right? Versus what's, you know, who lives next to you. And then the other thing is, is like to piggyback up what Laura said, it's like, oh, why can't I go on vacation? What if you see one of someone you know, oh, hey, we're at the park with the kids and stuff. That's great for them. But then you may start thinking, hmm, I haven't taken my kids out to the park in a long time. Why don't I do that? Oh, I feel bad. I'm, yeah. Am I a good parent? A good parent? All of a sudden oh, you go down oh this God. whole spiral. That was my second trigger. <laughs> all, be, all because you saw you saw someone else posting a photo at the park. So I, I think we got our point across, right? Social yeah. media is just a like it, it has so many potential triggers in it. And honestly, the, the one thing for those who are still on social media, um, please come to the light side. I'm just kidding. No, um, no but you do what you want. But if, it's healthy to take breaks. Right. It's healthy to take breaks. But also remember, try not to compare yourself to people because remember, constantly, most people on social media are only posting the best, absolute best versions of themselves and their lives. Yeah. And we all know. <laughs> we all know that's not accurate, right? Of what's the full story, yeah. right? So just just remember that before you start trying to compare yourself to everybody else. Try to keep it on you. Yeah, yeah. And when Brian brought up that, you know, am I a good parent? I mean, that's another you know trigger that I've had, and not because of social media, but just even hanging out with friends and seeing how my friends, you know, kind of are with their kids. I've had triggers of, am I a good parent? And a lot of you know that I am a single parent, um, but I do, you know, co-parent. Like my son does visit his dad and spend time with his dad. But at the same time, it's like, I am still a single parent. Like I do not have a partner to like kind of lean on and, you know, bounce off ideas. And sometimes I feel like a bad parent. And walking in the store, seeing how other parents are with their kids, and sometimes I see how parents are with their kids and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not that kind of parent. Like, maybe I am a good parent because I don't treat my kids like that. But it's, it's a constant battle between comparing yourself. Yeah. And it all starts with social media, but it also just starts with the anxiety of you thinking you're not good enough. You're not a good enough parent. You're not a good enough person. You're not a good enough daughter, son, whatever. You know, like anxiety kicks in for me of when I'm not, feeling the full potential of being myself. Like, am I being true to myself? Am I being real to myself? And it's been an ongoing battle between telling myself, everybody tells me, oh, you're a good parent. You're such a great mom. I share my ideas and I share the things I do with my son. And they told me, oh my God, wow. Like I never saw that or I, or I never saw it that way or I never thought of it or, you know, hey, that's really great. I'm going to try it. And that's when I'm like, oh, I am a good parent, you know, before <laughs> taking my advice. But the constant thought every single day, having my son there, not having him there when he's gone, especially when he's gone, I think back of the, when I was there with him and I'm like, what could I have done better? What could I do different? Yeah. What can I do this and that? And that anxiety starts building up because yet I'm still comparing myself to other friends when their parenting style, when in reality, the trigger, sorry, the anxiety that triggers in me is I didn't have a parent when I was a kid. So I don't know how to be a parent. 
we all know that parenting doesn't come with instructions, but yet I compare myself to my mother. Segway to my third <laughs> trigger, my mother. <laughs> and it's really sad to say, and I've talked to her about this, not in depth, but it's something that I recently, recently found out that, you know, sometimes family, friends, significant others could be triggers. And we need to realize and be aware of, you know, our feelings and our emotions around that person. Or even, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> there's just so much to get to it. I, we will get to it when we get to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that those are kind of right now the main triggers in my life so yeah see triggers we're gonna go with triggers well we we saw from last episode so like i said my main anxiety is social anxiety so my main trigger a lot of triggering was going like minor triggers with social media now that that's gone um it's helped me focus and i noticed that laura um threw out there that she has a therapist and i actually do have a therapist myself too now, we'll, I want to make that a separate episode where we'll yeah. talk about therapy and the importance of that. But just to give a little bit of snippet on that, I think, especially if you're a parent, if you're a parent and you're trying to figure out like, man, am I the only one like that feels like this or, or anything like that? Or you start worrying too much about, are you doing the right thing? Are you not? Um, I would encourage seeking a therapist. That's pretty much what I go to therapy for now. I mean, I did some therapy in the past just to heal from traumatic like experiences like with my passing of my mother and like former relationships. But now my sole purpose for that is so I can have a better relationship with my kids and learn how to connect them with them better. Because in Laura's case, she grew up with a, um, a mother basically. And that's well, mother, and well, father. <laughs> mother, and, mother and father. Right. So she has to figure this out on her own. So that brings on its own challenges. I grew up, as an only child and my dad was always working two jobs. And so my grandma had to take care of me, but she was always worried about the rest of the house and stuff. So I was kind of forced to grow up fast in turn is the opposite of what my kid, I have two kids and I'm married. And so they've always had each other and someone always watching them and playing with them and stuff like that. So I've, it's been brought to my attention that I was forced to grow up very quickly. And so it makes it harder for me now to connect with children and to see things from their point of view, because where my kid is struggling with certain social things at age eight, I got past that at like age four. Okay. So it's, it's a completely different ball game. Like, because by the time I was eight, I keep comparing him. Like, again, we keep, we compare ourselves. I compare eight year old him to eight-year-old me. And eight-year-old me was light years a different place. And it's, I've had to learn that's not normal. <laughs> like <laughs> what I lived was not normal. Not everybody goes through that. So I, I had to learn how to change my perspective and learning how to do that has gone leaps and bounds about trying to create a, a nice nicer um, flow of communication between me and my own son. Yeah. So. We definitely are proponents of therapy. That's another episode. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> yeah, to be continued. But so for my main trigger, though, to go get back to it, um, is 
especially when it comes to like friends and close friends and stuff like that, or people who I really care about is if I interact with them one way and they don't interact with me how I thought they were going to, or if they choose not to interact with me at all. Like, so if I tell them a really important message or something like that, if I send a really important thing and then all of a sudden they don't respond, that is the worst thing for me because I'm like, oh my God, did I just share too deep or did I go too far? Did I say this wrong? Like, did I, did I upset them? And then all of a sudden I get spun into a tornado. I've learned how to work on that, but that's a big trigger for me because I'm afraid that I did something to damage my relationship with someone I really care about. Yeah. And so that's my main trigger. Um, I guess t- since there is different forms of anxiety, now that I think about it, I mean, like, especially with my kids, like I try to prevent a lot of things from happening <laughs> that if I see them stand on the couch, I'm like, get down. <laughs> like, right. Cause I know all the things. Get hurt. So that's obviously that's a form of natural anxiety. Right. And um, <laughs> there's different ways to handle that. And there's different levels to that. But I've noticed I'm, I've, I'm, I'm very um, anticipating right? I'm living in the future, Yeah. right? I'm, I'm seeing what, what I think is going to happen. And I want to nip that in the butt right now. And I'm not, and I could be wrong. Maybe nothing would have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe something good could have came out of it, but I'm nope, not going to take the chance. Right. That. Yeah. And so that's another form. Too, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is anxiety in another yeah. form, right? You're, you're, our kids obviously Fear. are more, <laughs> most dearest things we're being super overprotective of them. And I think that's something that's very common for all parents. So there's some level of anxiety there and trying to parse that is a real challenge. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it's, we just keep working on it. You know, we're, we're only human. We're learning and growing every day. Life doesn't really come with instructions. Parenting doesn't, I mean, nothing comes with instructions except when you're building an Ikea bed and things like that. You still don't understand it. Yeah. Our life, our IKEA instructions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, um, huh, got a story for you guys. But before I get to my story, <laughs> um, we did want to kind of uh, bring attention, you know, to the triggers and how to kind of be aware and, you know, to find the patterns and, and things that you do. Like, for example, sometimes I hyper-focus on one thing and... I'm like, okay, I don't want to think about my anxiety. I don't want to control it. I don't want to, you know, do any of the coping skills that we'll go through right now. And I'm just like, I'm going to hyper-focus and, and just, you know, start cleaning. And so you're putting your anxiety aside and you're just focusing on some other, you know, task and you're not helping yourself. And I realized that in myself where I'm like, if I stay focused on one thing, I'm not going to think about it and I'm not going to trigger it and it's not going to be there. But then what happens when you're trying to relax? And audio listeners, I air quoted trying to relax (laughs) because I don't know how to relax. I really don't. Like I've tried to sit down and watch TV and it doesn't really relax me because I keep thinking I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Did I do this? Should I start that? Like I, you know, why? Because I put my anxiety on the back burner, right? So one of the 
things that I also do is procrastinating. <laughs> when I get anxiety about something, I start procrastinating. And that kind of ties in with my social media cleanse because when I know that I should be making, let's say, content for you know, fostering growth. I'm trying my best to put more content out there of like, you know, posts or maybe even making reels. And that's, that gives me so much anxiety because I want it to be perfect. And I know it's not about being perfect. It's about the message that you're, you know, distributing and the, you know, the, yeah, it's just whatever you want to share with the world. But yet I focus so much on perfection and this isn't good enough and maybe people are not going to like this they're going to be like what is this like what are they trying to portray who do you think they are and so my anxiety starts kicking in and I start procrastinating I'll just hop on on social media and do research of let me see what kind of context I can give out let's see what these other people are giving out I do tend to repost things on the story but I'm not giving that full attention why because of my anxiety kicking in when I'm trying to make this project better and, and, you know, really reach out to you guys and give you guys that full hundred percent, you know, Laura trying to give the information that I'm learning about and I'm trying to work on myself and I've, you know, try to implement in my life and give it to you guys. And yet my anxiety is like, no girl, it's not good enough. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to post it. Well, do you now, here's my question. Do you notice and I kind of know the answer to this. Do you notice when it happens? <laughs> yes, of course I notice. But like, like in the moment, do you like, are you conscious of what you are doing or do you just all of a sudden you spend an hour researching? No, that's what I'm saying. And then all like, of a sudden, like oh, you, I've yeah, done it again. The realization. Yeah, the realization. Um, of it. Yeah. But the realization when it comes to like, okay, you know, I'm going to do research on, let's see what I can do. Or like, you know, kind of doing this research on anxiety and mm -hmm. the things that I want to post about. Uh, I try my best to, you know, do keep the research as in like making notes and all of that. But then I do realize that I'm doing this for an hour when it should be like 20 minutes studying, come up with something. Yeah. Everything that you have on this piece of paper that you've written down and taking notes because I'm a very visual learner and I like to write things down. But then when it comes to, okay, I'm sitting in front of my iPad, I'm on Canva, I'm trying my best to come up with something and I'm like, it's not good enough. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to research. <laughs> so I, it's, it's a cycle that I realize that I do, yet I don't do anything about it because my anxiety is winning. It's like, oh, it's not good enough. Well, let me see what I can do. And right. I, I, I try to like share things with you as well. And I'm like, oh, I have this that I'm going to show you. And then I don't show you. Why? Because I'm like, it's not good enough. Like maybe he's not going to, maybe he's going to be like, well, if you do this and instead of being open to criticism, I'm closed off. I'm like, I don't want to know because I don't want to know what I'm doing wrong. But it's like, you're supposed to, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's iron sharpens yeah. iron. So that's the thing. Yeah. It's, and no, I, like I said, I, I do realize it. I, I do see myself like, why am I doing this? Or what, what point I got here Right. where I made an excuse of like, oh, you know, I'm doing this for research, but I've already spent an hour, almost two hours on research. And yet I have not, made anything myself so it's like I said it ties into social media of like I'm stepping back from that because I really want to focus on you know the podcast yeah. and my Instagram my personal one I'm procrastinating on there too of like okay I'm done with research I'm gonna unwind and just be on regular social media and there I am scrolling. Funny, and you say you're unwinding but you're actually winding up exactly right so and so 
you yeah you realize well I mean I became more aware not because I didn't know that I was doing it but it's like no you need to stop this it's becoming aware and taking charge of making that change yeah and so that's why you know sorry that you guys had to come here to the pod and hear my explanation (laughs) and I didn't give it on social media but that's that's those are my true feelings like you shouldn't have to explain yourself to people of why you're taking breaks or why you're stepping back from something like they should just understand but it's nice to give that this is what's going on in my life like social media is really triggering me and I am procrastinating on the podcast and in my life all because I'm on social media and it's not just my personal but when I'm doing my research and then I just kind of get stuck there and my anxiety kicks in and like it's not good enough you're not doing this and even posting in my own things I don't even post a lot like I said in my stories here and there but posting on my Instagram posts like I don't because I'm like why are you sharing this you don't have to share this and there's other people who are sharing every second of their life which is cool to each their own she's like no shade she's like no shade thrown no shade thrown. <laughs> but it's like like some, I then I start telling myself well why can't I not care and post whatever I want why do I care so much because my anxiety is teaching me <laughs> i've gotten into things i've multiple times on social media where i would like start because you know me like i have this like really i have to really have a well thought out like explanation or message right and then i'll get all the way to the end and by the time i get to send or to post i've already kind of decompressed mm-hmm. and i'm like in I don't it. want to post. Yeah, <laughs> and then I ask myself, do I is it really worth posting now? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm like, yeah, and I don't I just I just you deleted. just wanted to get it off your chest. Yeah, in a way, in a sense I got off my chest just writing it out. Um and I had like great intentions like, oh, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then and by the end of it I'm like you know, and I'm like I'm kind of decompressing everything. So, it's good in a sense I got off my chest, but it's bad in the sense because wait a minute, dude. You just spent 30 minutes making this draft that now no one will ever see yeah. you know what i mean like when i could have spent 30 minutes thinking about that taking a walk outside or something like that you know a, a different coping mechanism right a more productive one yeah like you, you just got to be more um efficient with the time the reason why i asked you is do you realize when that that anxiety or um starts hitting or what you're doing to nurture your anxiety or everything or coping with it mm-hmm is like for me some things i notice some things i don't notice okay so like the other day right um um in the middle of the night because i'm still a night worker so on the weekends i don't change my schedule (laughs) dang (laughs) so um when everyone's asleep i'll be like playing playstation or whatever right and i'll be playing a game and then i'll be sitting there and i'm focused on this game and all of a sudden i notice my knees are hurt i'm sitting and I'm like, and I was like, am, am I legs hurting? I'm like, why am I doing this? And I look and I notice and I am fidgeting. I'm super, my, my foot's going doing the little tapping thing. Yeah. Right. You're, and, you're on your drum set. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I'm just like on both sides. And I'm like, how long have I been doing this? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? All of a sudden. And now I know why my calves are just like sore and everything. You're it's like, I don't even work out. Right. I was like, I didn't play drums today. I didn't play anything like that. And then. And so I noticed, I was like, wait, I'm anxious right now. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, why am I anxious? Then I started getting anxious about wondering why, why I'm anxious. Oh, right. God. So I'm like, oh, something's wrong. So yeah. that's a classic case of me not noticing until, you know, I'm in pain. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah, so that was too long. And then there's times where I do notice, like, if, um, like, I've learned to think about words, like I've said over and over again, like on the, um, the four agreements, right? Mm -hmm. Don't assume anything. And if you are thinking about somebody or a situation, and as soon as you start saying the word probably, mm -hmm. like, oh, they're probably thinking this. I probably did this wrong. They're probably thinking this. Stop. That's one of my like red flag words is is probably because I and I've trained myself where if I'm thinking that I'm like oh like oh I, I should have said that different oh I shared too much I I I I I got too close and everything they probably and as soon as I say they probably it's like ping and it was like whoa and I like shake it off and I stay take step way out and I'm yeah. like get out of that dark room mm -hmm. like just just run away from that dark room close the door and go do something else so. That's a case where I did I do recognize it. I've trained myself to recognize when I'm going down a bad episode of anxiety. Because before learning that, you know, you get so far, far into that dark room that you don't know where the door is anymore. You know, so that's uh that's that's the reason why I asked you. I was like, when do you actually realize when it's like, hey, this is not good? When I start need feeling bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> When I started being like, Laura, hey, hey, up here, up here, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, I need to see her. <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, I, I was going to say uh, I had the word in my head and I was like, don't forget about the word. Hold on to that word. But, oh, yeah. So, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I realized my disassociation a lot right now, recently. I've been, I feel like I've been doing this for a long time, but I feel like recently I've been realizing that I disassociate when I'm in the middle of a conversation. I'm like, <laughs> which is really weird because I don't realize until I realize that I'm talking to someone and I'm like, oh, talking to someone. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. What did you say? You know, but I was like, what? I don't I really don't understand why it's happening or like why I'm realizing that I'm disassoci disassociating. Um, and for, for those who don't know what it means, it's kind of like zoning out. It's kind of like yeah. going to another world, drifting into another world or kind of like into your head. And a lot of times I do realize that it's like little things that come up in the conversation. So for example, you're telling me about how, Oh, you know, I had to get my refrigerator, you know, <laughs> fixed this weekend this is what's happening and this is happening and then somehow I start thinking about my refrigerator and I'm like oh god I remember the time that I had to fix my refrigerator I had to replace it but then when that thought got me out of there but then I'm just zoned out yeah like it does it's not even the thoughts continuing it's just I know a thought got me out of there and then now I'm just like it's kind of like a ding in your brain kind of like the on the tv the <laughs> colors that's kind of like, <laughs> it's all zzz, zzz, zzz. and then you come back to it like oh oh my god you're, um, we're, you know? we're not done but but i've been realizing that a lot like i mean you know during my therapy sessions i've mm -hmm. done that because i have thoughts that kind of wander uh during conversations i've seen that even watching movies <laughs> like i'm watching tv or watching a movie and then i'm like something happens and then I'm like oh how would I act in this situation and now I'm thinking about this but then also like not really thinking and then I'm like oh I have to return to the movie I have to go back because I didn't realize you know like it's just 
disassociation right now is just kind of really like been hitting me and it didn't hit me a lot before and I would do it but I seem I seem to do it a lot more often now and I'm like okay like you I that's one of the realizations when I'm like I really need to work on my anxiety like I have been working on it but I have not been working on it to the full potential to like dig deep down mm-hmm. of why when you ask yourself why do I feel like this why do I why am I you know doing this and so I mean the tapping on the foot I do that all the time I do it at work <laughs> I do it at home watching TV like you said and people notice that and and people when I tell people like oh yeah I have like anxiety and they're like oh yeah we know <laughs> and I'm like, and they're like, you're always tapping your foot, and I'm like, Jesus, people, why are you guys looking at me? That's you're over there, you're like, a, you're all twirling your hair. You're yeah. like, oh, I'm anxiety. <laughs> what are you talking about? And, and I'm, I talk with my hands, but my excuse is that <laughs> my excuse is that uh, I'm taking sign language, and that's She's why also I talk with my hands. At the camera, she's like, I talk with my hands, so, so just you. so you know. <laughs> But that's one of the things that people are like, yeah, you fidget a lot. You move a lot. Your hands, your your foot. or And I'm like, gee, thanks. And then that anxiety gives me anxiety because now I'm like, when I realize that I'm tapping my foot, I'm like, other people are noticing. Stop. <laughs> you know? So so it's like, yeah, I being aware of tiny little triggers that you get and, you know, the connections that you make. You know, I, I told you about the disassociating. And then, you know, when I brought up my mom, it was just kind of like, that's one of the triggers that I knew I had, but I was making excuses for, or like that you're like kind of blowing them off, putting them in the back. Like, no, nah, I couldn't be that. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, well, not even it couldn't be that, but more of like, this is happening because of this. So right. like, or you're justifying yeah, like, why don't, it's Don't happening. put so much attention to right. it because there's more to it than just a trigger. But like, you got to listen to your body. you got to listen to what your body is telling you. Yeah, listen to your gut. Like, yeah, like it's it. A lot of times you're not in a good place, even though you think you are. You're not in a good place. <laughs> but um, another tiny thing that I did want to uh, bring up is like, I don't want to go into detail of anxiety attacks, but I want to go into an anxiety attack because I recently myself experienced an anxiety attack. Ladies and gentlemen, Laura has the floor. No, <laughs> don't put me on the spot. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but before I go into anxiety attack, like I did want to kind of, you know, point a couple of bullet points of the different forms of anxiety attacks. Or it doesn't when when you say anxiety attack, it doesn't always mean hyperventilating and rocking back and forth. Like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm having an anxiety attack. It could be a lot of different things. For example having unpredictable bouts of rage or irritability. Irritability. Sorry. So when when words are like that, I don't know why I can't say it. And then the never I was going to say that. And I've I've had this before where I'm reading a word and I can't. I'm like, I'm thinking, I know I'm reading this wrong. How do you read this? Um, That's why I'm here. Right? And like, you know, just giving a little like, background on like there's times when I'm anxious but I'm not paying attention to it and then I kind of snap and it's like a small thing triggers me and then you're like oh my god like I'm if I'm feeling irritated cannot say the other word if I'm feeling irritated I need to figure out where it's coming from and so 
that could be one form of like, why am I irritated when I shouldn't be irritated? But you're, you you know, realize that you're being snappy to people and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I, I didn't mean that. So you got to take that step back. Nitpickiness. <laughs> That's another thing that I have. I start getting very irritated and start nitpicking on things. And you start, you, ha- you have that obsessive behavior where you're like, okay, there's a, things are not going my way. I am not in control. <laughs> and you're nitpicking, like, why is this not, like, why is this person doing this? Why are they doing this? It, it, it's, it's really, and, and I say this because at work, and I know you can, you can, uh, what is it, uh, connect to this because we work in the same place, but, mm-hmm. but I begin to start realizing that I get anxiety at work because people are not working how I want them to work. Yeah. And I'm worried about like the other people, how they're working. And maybe it does affect me because it's an assembly line where we work basically like that we work to give work to another person and that person gives work to another person and so on. And so right. Forth. So how you receive it is yeah, yeah, going to judge how you have to handle it. Yeah. Exactly. And there's times where, you know, there's people who care and some people who don't care. But I've realized that nitpickiness has been there and I'm like, OK, another checkbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, life's a trigger. Okay. <laughs> I know it definitely is, right? Uh, this one is as soon as I say it, people are gonna laugh. Fast talking. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's part of my personality, you guys. It's not my anxiety; it's my personality. I talk a lot because I I fast talk and I'm Mexican. <laughs> when you speak in Spanish, I've heard you speak in Spanish, and I can't distinguish between the spaces of the words. And I'm like, <laughs> but also when you're fast talking, you can find yourself like stumbling you know or Mm -hmm. like even stuttering but if that's not normally something that you do if you don't stumble on your words if you don't stutter a lot and you start realizing that when you're fast talking it might be normal but then you're like or you're losing like you're anxious and I've noticed that on myself as well where I'm kind of you know talking about something and I'm going super fast and then I'm like you gotta slow down or you're talking too fast right now like you gotta slow down and maybe that person might not realize it because it's part of me of where oh Laura just talks fast but then I clicks in my head where I'm like wait a minute I am anxious when I start talking about something that I might be passionate about or that you know I really care about that's when it hits even more can I interject on that okay um because I share a similar um, issue with myself and it's it's um I don't know if it's anxiety but it's when my my mind gets too overwhelmed like I'm thinking about way too many things at yeah. my time of my life yeah and what happens to me and it really bothers me because I'm I, I don't want to say I don't know if I pride myself being like able to like clearly explain things in long form discussion and like very like well thought out senses well thought out words like if i say a word i want to be impeccable with my word i want to use the exact right word Mm -hmm. to get my point across so there's like very little chance of error to be misunderstood and what happens is if i get if i'm thinking about way too much stuff if i'm overwhelmed or everything in my time in my life, whether it's things at work or at home, mm-hmm. I'll notice that I can't form senses anymore. Like it, I can't connect everything, yeah. which really bothers me because I'm like, I'm, I'm so used to being able to do that. And now something is hindering that. So I'll go from like going through super, sometimes I speak a little too, with two big words. Cause people I'll, I'll say this. I'm like, Oh, I nailed it. And I look up and they're like, 
what? Exactly. I'm like, okay, let me do this again. But there'll be times where I'll do it and I'll like, I'll like, I'm not going fast, but I won't find the word. And I'm like, uh, 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 or, uh, and then I'll start like (laughs) mixing words together. And it's like, literally like my brain is like a car trying to start. Yeah. And so I find, I feel like that's similar to what you're saying is if like, if you're anxious, you're going too fast, you're getting ahead of your words. If I'm overwhelmed mentally, if I'm too overloaded, the, the capability of trying to form exactly what I want to say starts to degrade and disintegrate and everything. So I think it's important for people. I want to bring that up because I feel like, it affects everybody in different ways. You might have a form, you're, you might be experiencing a form of that, um, that, um, see, it's happening right now. Disintegration, <laughs> disintegration on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a, I had a thing on that. It was disassociation. I was like, for people who still don't understand what Laura's saying, have you ever, um, read a book and you're reading a paragraph and within two sentences, you have no clue what you just read. You're reading the same sentence over. And yeah, because you you're like, wait a minute, what did I just read? I don't even know what I'm reading. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about something else. I'm not thinking about it. Okay, let me start over. And then before you know it, you started over like five times. Yeah. That's disassociation. You know. So I had to think about it for a second. What you said. Dictionary.com people in New York. <laughs> Only when I'm not overloaded. Then I'm just Wikipedia. It gets thrown all together and edited all over the place. I use dictionary.com a lot. I use thesaurus.com. Not just for school, you guys, but for real life. <laughs> Don't be ashamed. So, please continue, Laura, but I thought that was interesting that you brought that up. Um, from fast talking, we go all the way to the other side to not talking at all. Some people, when they have anxiety, uh, they could be really shy and I can't put <laughs> I can't put my own personal experience because I'm always talking. But I know that there's times when I'm not talking at all. But that's just it doesn't really mean for me like oh because I'm anxious, but it's more of like I'm kind of starting to zone out. I'm starting to kind of close myself off and not want to talk about anything. And I know that there could be a lot of different uh, situations where people do not talk at all maybe they're just at a party and they don't know anybody and they just don't talk and so somebody starts talking to them and then they get comfortable and then they start talking a lot so it doesn't necessarily mean that when you don't talk you have anxiety so for my quiet ones and my shy ones this isn't really for you (laughs) but I do realize that there's times where you get so anxious that you just don't want to say anything because you're with the fear of like you might say the wrong thing and it might cause even more chaos but it's it's really funny where you can go from fast talking to not talking at all. Probably in the same, you know, moment where you're like, okay, I'm talking too fast, or I'm maybe I'm talking to Ryan and I'm like, oh my god, I'm overloading him with information. I'm just gonna be quiet now. And then the conversation starts dying down, all because my anxiety is like I'm talking too much and now I wanna not talk. <laughs> so there's a lot of different perspectives of it. And I know that this would be mine, but the not talking at all could go a lot of different ways. I don't know if there's something that you want to try and on that one. Oh, it's funny because then there's then then like I said, I'm the opposite, right? So it's like she'll she'll start she'll start veering off and getting quieter and quieter. I'm like, ah, what's going on? What's going on? What happened? <laughs> what did I do? You know what I mean? Like I did something to to change this. You know what I mean? So like I like we saw in the last episode, you have no clue how easy it is 
to trigger. It's just back and forth, and it's not even intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the I, I can sympathize with the whole not talking point because people I'm pretty chatty at work, yeah. um, and but there are times where I get disassociated. That's my new favorite word. I'm gonna start using that word. Sorry, I just I'm like, are you listening, Laura? I'm disassociating. I'm so sorry. I just I disassociated. <laughs> but um, so what'll happen is I'll be like working because what we do is very repetitive. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so super repetitive. So I'll be like listening to music or listening to a podcast, but then I'll get disassociated. I'll start something said on the podcast or or I'll start thinking of something else. And then I can go down a very bad rabbit hole with that thought. And then before I know it, my hands have been standing still. I stopped what I was doing and I'm just there like staring at the table. And I'm like, whoa, like I had to wake up like almost like I didn't fall asleep, (laughs) but I might as well have, (laughs) you know what I mean? And that's because I went down this tunnel so far where everything just stopped. And then, uh, and then it's like, like hey up, Ryan. yeah and sometimes people have caught me on that they're like hey hey and i'm like what hey. yeah 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 <laughs> numbers so so i get that you get lost and you know again that's that's just another example of getting going down this track so so far we've talked about being aware of what triggers you, right? We've both gone through some of the triggers that that both affect us, and hopefully that may have, you know, maybe sparked up your mind a bit of what of what kind of triggers, you know, trigger you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into. Well, you had a story you wanted to tell. Yeah, about. no, and definitely because my last one was like, you know, sitting rigid, uh, staring into space, or almost seeming zoned out, which kind of ties in with my story (laughs) but okay so laura had an anxiety attack i think the title of my book is going to say bad luck laura that time i had an anxiety attack at a concert (laughs) (laughs) Ah, all right so some of you know because close friends and because instagram uh i went recently to a killer's concert and if you guys were at the concert, please don't call me out. Thank you. So, we'll start with, it. you know, it's my day off, so I don't have to worry about work. And my son is at school, so I don't have to pick him up. And I have my therapy session with my therapist. And I'm telling her about, well, we're talking about my mom. And it's kind of that realization where, you know, my mom is, and it's a trigger to my anxiety, but I haven't been set on it. I've been making excuses. I've been like, she's my mom. You know, she goes through her own life. She goes through this. Back to, you know, I was in foster. I didn't have a good relationship with her. You know, she was in and out of my life. Even when I grew up, she's still in and out of my life. And it's continued on for all these years that she's still in and out of my life. And it really sucks because... I want to be with my mom. She's my mom. Everybody wants to, you know, have that bond with their mom. If they don't have it, and if you do, 
you know, that's great. And, and you cherish it, you know, but when I see other people with their moms, you know, I see my friends with their moms or, you know, other people, I want to say like, you know, out and about the store, the park, wherever we are with their moms. I want to have that. I crave that so much because I didn't have it as a child. And because at the same time, I keep telling myself, am I a good mom? Like, you know, so I try to have that comparison with my mom where I obviously feel like a good mom because I'm like, well, at least, you know, first of all, uh, my, my kid's not in foster. <laughs> so that's achievement number one right there. You know, I've been here for my kid and I want to be here all the time as much as, you know, not being a helicopter mom, but it, it, it really makes me think about me as a mom while I'm thinking about my mom as a mom and how, you know, it, it's, it's a really complicated story for another time. <laughs> but I remember that I'm talking to my therapist about my mom and how I feel at peace, you know, when she's not there. And when she's there, it kind of gets more hectic. And so, you know, I've been setting my boundaries for friends, family. I've been saying even at work, I've set boundaries and it's been really helping me out. So, you know, I touch upon that with my therapist, talk about my mom a little bit, do get anxious, you know, talking about my mom, but I can't differentiate between excitement and anxiety. <laughs> and I'm also excited because I have this concert tonight. And so, um, by the way, yeah, the killers, great show, <laughs> great show. So, um, fast forward to having like, you know, a call, uh, on Instagram, it's a group chat with my brothers and my mom. And a couple of things, you know, happen during this group chat. Every time we get a group chat, it's always my brother. It's always my little brother wanting to share something because he's in the Marines and he's far away. And so he's always trying to share everything, every detail with us. And, you know, sometimes I pick up, sometimes I don't because sometimes I'm like, I don't have time for this. And I know that my brother's just sharing this. But in my head, when, you know, family really does need you, they'll contact you personally instead of on social media. That's, that's my belief, but who knows, you know? So fast forward a little bit to where it's all four of us, my two brothers, my mom and me. I step out of the room, come back. My mom's gone. My brother brings up the fact that my mom called, but I'm like, no, she didn't. It was Miguel. He's talking about this and that. So it was obviously him. And I'm not even realizing and or anything because I'm like trying not to think about my mom because I'm trying to have fun for this concert. So... <laughs> Um, I don't pay attention to whether or not if it was her call or not, but my brother's like, that was kind of weird. Put a pin on it, you know? Fast forward to concert time where I have realized that I've not hydrated myself completely. Um, I've been so excited about this concert that I've just kind of doing my things at home, you know, getting my son ready because he's going to go with his dad, uh, you know, what I, what I am going to wear, what I'm in my hair, my makeup, all these different things. And I'm not really hydrating myself. So that's another thing. Hydrate yourself, people, please. And <laughs> um, I go to this concert and I realized that I also, I mean, I ate something, but it wasn't nutrient enough. And it was earlier in the day where now it's basically 7.30 p.m. And I was like, okay, I told my brother, I'm going to go get some food. Well, not even food, a snack. And I'm going to go get some water and, you know, maybe a drink or something. It's a concert. So I step out and I go get my stuff. I get some kettle corn and I get a margarita and I make it a double because my brother's with me. And I'm like, maybe we can share it, you know. And I totally forget about water. 
I don't know what happened. <laughs> I think the kettle corn, I got distracted. I was like, kettle corn. Or the side of a margarita. Keep going. <laughs> right. So I go back to our spot and we're on the floor. Like we're in standing floor. <laughs> and we're not too close to the stage, but pretty close. We're all like, you know, fired up. And obviously there's all these bodies around us. So it starts getting hot. And my brother's like, where's the water? And I'm like, oh, damn, sorry. I forgot the water. I'll go get it right now. And he goes, no, don't worry. I, I got it. I'll go get it. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, yeah, like, let's see how long or more we're going to have to wait because, you know, the, the people haven't come out. You know, the, the, I honestly forgot who the presenters were before the killers, but, you know, they haven't come on stage and I have time. Blah, blah, blah. So one, le- one conversation leads to another and we start talking about our mother. <laughs> and I start sharing with him the same information that I kind of shared with my therapist about how more comfortable I am at home when my mom's not there versus when my mom is there and I'm kind of, you know, on, on that anxiety mode that before it was like, I just don't want to make her upset. So let me do something. And I'm just like constantly trying to be cleaning the house or cleaning my room or, you know, helping out when in reality, this is my house, you know, like my mom lives with me or stays with me at times, but this is my house. Like, I don't feel the comfort around my own house. Why? Because, you know, I don't, I mean, my mom, my mom triggers me and I just kept excusing it. So I'm telling my brother this and I'm telling him, you know, I feel really bad because I want a relationship with her. I want this connection with her, but I've tried so many different things, you know, talking to her, letting her know my feelings, giving her space. I've given, I've done so many different things for our relationship where at this point, it's like, I need to really focus on myself. I need to worry about myself. And I had just had this conversation with my therapist where I chose me. Like, I'm going to focus on myself. I do these boundaries and this and that. My brother brings up the Instagram group chat message or living group chat messages, like the video call that we got. And he goes, it's really weird because she called us and then she didn't say anything and she hung up. And I was like, no, it was Miguel. He's the one that called. It wasn't her. And he's like, no, it was her. And so I checked my phone and I checked like who called and it was her. And I'm just like, ah. and my mind just starts panicking. It just starts thinking all of these different thoughts of like, why wouldn't my mom call us if she never calls us on the you know group chat thing? Like it's usually individually. And I'm just thinking all these things like, Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And then I try to calm myself down. But then my brother kind of starts making me more worried. And he kind of starts adding without wanting to, you know, Alex, don't feel bad about you. But he starts saying, like, it's really weird. Like, I'm telling you, like, I don't know, maybe something was wrong. Maybe she needed help and she didn't know how to say it. Maybe this, maybe that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. (laughs) And at this point, it's like I'm the mother and she's my child when, you know, it shouldn't be like that. She's my mom and I shouldn't have to worry about her as much as I am right now. Because if she really was in danger or she really needed me, I feel like she would have contacted me personally saying like, hey, I tried to call the group chat, but nobody, you know, and y'all started talking. So I'm calling you. I don't know. Anyways, so it's getting, I mean, it's really hot already inside. You know, there's all these bodies around me. Poor people. I'm sorry, whoever was around me and you heard this conversation. I like that I'm talking to them. Like, if you yeah, like they're listening. Yeah. But if you weren't there, it'd be nice to know that all of them listen to Foss right now. I know. Yeah. Right? One day, one day, we'll get there. 
but uh yeah so like i'm pretty sure these people i mean we're literally touching shoulder to shoulder you know <laughs> and they're listening to you know this conversation and they're like wow these these kids have problems <laughs> <laughs> but in my head i start panicking and having all these thoughts and then from one moment to another i feel that anxiety starting to kick in and i'm just like oh my god like i'm feeling it you start feeling tingling you start feeling like you know you can't breathe because one it's so hot there's so many bodies around and i'm pretty short sorry 52.9999 so <laughs> i'm 53 <laughs> but on a good day right <laughs> i'm 54 with my boots <laughs> um but yeah there's you know there's always people around me and i'm just panicking and thinking all of these thoughts and i start thinking to myself oh my god like i think i'm gonna have an anxiety attack and I feel like I'm, you know, my blood pressure is going down and I'm like, oh my God, maybe I'm going to faint. I don't want to faint. I don't want to do this. And, and I start, start thinking to myself, oh my God, what, what can I do to help this? What can I do to ease my mind off of it? Take my mind off of it. And it's one of the uh, kind of skills that I'm going to share with you today that I tried to use, but I was not completely in the mindset of, I know this, like the back of my hand from my heart. I can recite this to you. No, like I had not done the research deep down enough for me to truly know what I had to do, like take these steps. But I'm taking these steps to ground myself of, you know, your senses. And I feel like some of you have heard about these where you focus on your senses of like five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and, you know, one emotion that you can feel. And so it's kind of like a five, four, three, two, one. But my head is so wrapped up in like, it's worried and that anxiety where, oh my God, what if something bad is, did happen to my mom? And again, you know, she didn't know how to reach out and she wanted to reach all of us and this and that between, no, maybe it's just fine. She would have called you. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, it's just this battle. So I started thinking to myself, okay, what can I see? What can I feel? What can I touch? And I'm like, I can smell my kettle corn. <laughs> I can see the blue lights and I can see the people and I can touch the people and I can touch my brother. And as soon as I went to, again, this is not the format that I'm supposed to be following. I'm supposed to be doing a five, four, three, five things, four things. And I'm just- She was like, five, 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 three, three, one, two, three, one, one, two, one, two, one, there, one here. <laughs> and I think to myself, touch. Oh, I can feel my brother. And I grab onto his arm. And he obviously feels my grasp and he turns around and he's like, are you okay? What's, what's going on? And I tell him, I, I need water. Like I, it's really hot in here. I need water. <laughs> this is a, this is a two, this is my, my little story of, I need water. It's really hot in here. I'm panicking a little bit, but I'm okay. But I just need, maybe I need some fresh air. I just need water. I'm, I'm fine. But what my brother saw was me grabbing his arm and saying, I need water. And then I faint. <laughs> <laughs> and he catches me. So, like, I didn't fall to the ground. He just caught me. Again, we we're surrounded by people. So, that either, even though, even if I did faint, like, I wouldn't have gone down. I would have probably bumped into other people. <laughs> they would have been like, okay, this girl. <laughs> but my brother caught me. And so, there's that small moment where, in my mind, I was still talking to him. I was still telling him and informing him and telling him, this is how I feel. This is what's happening. I start, you know, but he says that all he heard was I need water. And then I passed out. So again, 
dehydrated, drinking alcohol, eating kettle corn. <laughs> These are not all good combinations. <laughs> but I remember when I came back to it, I was like on the floor. Well, he put me on the floor at this point because somebody told him, put her on the floor, like lay her down. And so I'm on the floor now and there's a diameter around me. Again, yes, if you saw that, that was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's people all around me. So when I come to... I start panicking again of like, oh my God, I'm on the floor. And my brother's literally like in my face saying, you're okay. You need to calm down. Just breathe. You're okay. Don't worry. Like, and at this point I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I just, I just need water. <laughs> I just need water and I need air and I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm fine. I really am fine. And I remember somebody picking, trying to pick me up and um, my brother saying, no, don't touch her. Like she says, she's fine. She just needs a little bit of air. Just back up, back up. She, you know, she's fine. She's fine. She said she's fine. And in this moment, I hear a voice say, I'm a paramedic. She's passed out twice now. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What do you mean I passed out twice? Like, like, I don't even remember the first time. What are you talking about? And so I guess when I came back to it and I started panicking about Feeling shame, first of all, like how embarrassing, like how embarrassing in the middle of this concert when the concert hasn't even started that, you know, I pass out and these people are around me, all eyes are on me. That gets my anxiety going back up again. And I guess I pass out again. But as soon as I hear this, where she's like, it, it, you know, it was, it was a um, paramedic. I'm like, take me, please take me, take me out of here. Like I need water. I need air. Like it's so hot in here. I need to get out of here. And so as soon as I told my brother, like, yes, that's fine. Let them take me, let them take me. You know, they pick me up once again and they start taking me out and very nice people. I'm walking by and I'm in my head. I'm just like, shame on you, Laura, shame on you. <laughs> and there's people around saying, it's okay. You're okay. Just breathe. You're okay. You're fine. And I just feel like it, it was probably those people who were listening to my conversation <laughs> with my brother about my mother <laughs> and how like, you know, I'm telling him how I'm doing better off without her. And then all of a sudden we start talking about her and I just start worrying about her. And so, you know, eventually I get out of there. I start talking to the paramedics. Everything's fine. You know, she asked me, hey, do you have a history of anxiety? And I'm like, yes. Uh, I've been diagnosed with anxiety, you know, since 2018, but that's just a diagnosis. I've been living with this for years now, but she tells me like, you know, uh, you're dehydrated. You know, if you feel like you need water, like you, you know, it's really hot, like you're dehydrated, anxiety. There's so many different things that, you know, combination of things that just your body was not in a good position. And so she calms me down. They take my blood pressure. Everything's fine. I get my water. And I keep thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, Laura, like, this is so embarrassing. Like, why, why did this have to happen? And then I start thinking back, like, okay, well, obviously, you know, I was having a good time until I started talking about my mom. And I realized, well, not that I came to the realization, but I realized that my mom is a trigger who I've been excusing most of my life because of that hope and that want and that need of having a mother in my life. And it's not healthy for me because I'm not differentiating between wanting a mother and actually building a relationship between I am the mother to my mother and I'm taking care of her instead of taking care of myself. And she's not taking care of me the way that I need to be taken care of. If this is a mother and daughter, you know, relationship. So 
I really wanted to share this experience as much as I'm putting myself out there and it's so embarrassing. And yes, I'm okay. And I promise to take care of myself and not happening again for those of you who are first hearing this on the podcast and I didn't tell you in person. I'm so sorry, but it's just something that I, I still feel ashamed of. And I know that I shouldn't because it's something that is uncontrollable. You, you can't really control it, but at least you can find ways to prevent it. And I wanted to share this anecdote with you guys about what happened in my life and how I tried to prevent it by grounding myself with those five, four, three, two, one, but I was not doing it correctly. So it didn't help. So it's not that it doesn't help. It's that I didn't do them correctly. Plus you were already so far. Like it's, the sooner you start implementing these strategies to prevent the anxiety attack or, or what have you, the easier it's going to be. At that point, you were so far in and yeah. you were... I just in took, a, it, I took a deep dive. Into yeah, you were, you were like <laughs> off the deep end and you were also in an uncontrollable environment, right? This is probably would have been easier in your living in room. In my house, yeah. Right, versus being in Beautiful. a tight, tight, you know, tight yeah. space with a bunch of people shoulder to shoulder. It, it's just it 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 was just like oh, just a bunch of things at the same excuse me same time. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable why that method didn't work at that moment. Yeah, but um, no, like it's just I feel like yeah maybe maybe even like extracting myself like if I would as soon as I started feeling that I would have gone out of the crowd. Maybe using those senses would have helped, but staying in the crowd and doing all of those things and still hyper focus on something could have been wrong with my mom. I didn't help her. This is on me. When in reality, like, you know, if I had more control of my anxiety and again, air quotes for those audio listeners, because I understand that it's not about the control, but about the preventing. But I mean, if I would have practiced this before, even in tiny moments of anxiety, maybe it would have helped more. Maybe, you know, I would have gotten it down more, but Sadly, that wasn't the case, and this is um, not just an example, but it's a lesson that I learned the hard way, literally the hard way. So <sighs> now we know with to help preventing. So for my uh, my uh, MMA jujitsu guys out there, you know, if you train, you ask your partner or the coach, "Hey, how do I get out of this submission?" or this choke, a lot of times they answer, don't get there in the first place. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a similar kind of concept. So it, it, it's like I've said before, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with anxiety and you're dealing with going down in that dark room, it's often hard to realize what you're doing until you are so far in that you can't see the door anymore. So it's, at that point, you're like, where am I? You're, you're, you know, you're in the promised land. So it's at that point, it's, it's up to fate. What happens? Yeah. But if you can come up with ways, it's almost kind of like, okay, with, with, if you're on fire, what does everybody know? Stop, drop and roll. Okay. So, jump into the- to jump into the <laughs> so at the same time, if you can get something, a system that works for you, where it's, it's as instinctual as stop, drop and roll, you know, I know. And, right. And what, and, <laughs> Oh, now that you, now you bring these, it up. All these people are going to be like, I have anxiety. Stop, drop, and roll. Okay. <laughs> no, but, uh, Stop, drop, and roll. Go, go. 
But if you learn how to prevent it, so like the other the other day, like I told you, was that time when I was playing a game and I was like, why do my legs hurt? And it's because, oh, I've been fidgeting with my legs for probably 30 minutes straight. So I knew, okay, I'm anxious right now. That's the problem. I need to calm down. What do I know that helps me calm down? I turn off the game. I brought out my exercise bike and I started yeah. doing some laps. Yeah. Cause burn off that energy. Yeah. Cause sometimes it's like with anxiety, your heart starts beating so fast that you have to kind of give an excuse to your heart to beat so fast. You got to work it out. So you're like, Oh, my heart's beating fast because, or, you know, your heart thinks I'm beating so fast because I'm doing exercise. Oh, okay. And then you, you know, you kind of shift it over to like, now I'm exercising. So I'm kind of releasing it, but I'm giving my heart an excuse to go faster. Yeah. The energy <laughs> needs to go somewhere. Okay. The fuel needs to go somewhere. You got to learn how to burn it. Okay. So for me, cardio works with anxiety. So I jumped on my bike and I just started going, you know, I started running. No, uh, <laughs> Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump for anybody know, <laughs> pretty much. So I started doing that and then that helped calm me down a bit. I burned the energy off, right? That's what hamsters do on the wheel. So <laughs> they're afraid of a saber-toothed tiger eating them for a snack. So they're like, <laughs> everybody turning to their hamsters right now and being like, are you okay, buddy? Pretty much, hey, man, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. You're cool. Just breathe. Just breathe. Drink some water. So, funny. No, but, um, so learning how to prevent it, right? Um, for me, so like when I said, you know, if for my social anxiety, as soon as I start telling myself in my head, um, I start using the word probably, oh, they're probably thinking this. Ah, probably, they probably, I, I probably did something wrong now and all that. Stop. Yeah. So for me, I know right away, stop. You just said the word. Stop. You just said the word. Why'd Stop you it. say it? Yeah. And roll on with life. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. See? Someone needs to be a poet. No. <laughs> but, I'm trying. I'm trying. My anxiety doesn't let me. <laughs> so those are taking, you know, what we want to talk about is taking steps on calming it down. So find steps. I encourage you. Find steps for yourself that works for you so you can use these over and over. Put them in the tool bag in your pocket that you know, oh, if. I feel this. This is what's going to help me. This is what I need to do. Yeah, definitely. No, and I mean, you're just trying to prevent it at times because it's not that it's 100% every single time. As soon as you get this down, you're, it's not, an, uh, it's not a 100% satisfaction guaranteed kind of thing. <laughs> it's that you need to practice this and you need to, you know, really recognize what the trigger is and how to maybe avoid that trigger or if you can't avoid the trigger how to prevent you from escalating into this moment I really try <laughs> I try to escalate it and I'm just going to touch back a little bit on how the steps go because again I know what to do but I didn't formulate it into like five four three so it begins with five things you can see. So you just kind of you know, look around you. What can you see? Because I do realize that some people say that they experience tunnel vision. So it's like tunnel vision, you know, you're kind of trying to not want to feel that or see that. So maybe you're like, okay, not let's not focus on the tunnel vision. Let's just focus on what can I see? And so it kind of helps a little bit with that. But again, 
if you can't completely come come to that, how would I, how would I want to put it? Because I'm like, people might might tell me like, well, if you have if I have tunnel vision, how can I see? And it's like you wanna. It's practicing it, right? So if you're. Not, not like a shift. I'm sorry. No, broaden guys. broaden your scope of visual mm -hmm. um, acuity. I know that was a lot of big words right there. Sorry. Um, so sure. Yeah. We'll <laughs> Ryan told me to broaden my visual acuity. Like dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> so, but 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 what I get from that is like five things that you can see. Okay. Well, first of all, let's see. Can I see my hands? Right. Yeah. Okay. Like you can, can see anything. Can I see my ring? Okay. Can I see my glasses? Okay. Can I well, see? No, can I can't. see? Okay. Can I see that? Okay. Can I see this? <laughs> Sorry. You can't see your glasses because you took never them mind, off. Never mind. Never mind. Forget the glasses. <laughs> can I see the ceiling? Can I see the lights? Yeah. Can I see the wall? Yeah. So you, know? you you just focus like instead of like you know that tunnel vision, it's kind of like okay, focus, focus, focus. What can you see? So I feel like that's how you start because I mean, again, I started feeling that tingling sensation and that kind of. BP, you know, body blood pressure kind of going down. But at the same time, I was like, what can I see? What can I see? And even though I did pinpoint a few things I saw, like the order, I mean, I don't want to say this is the order it has to be, but it freaked me out because I'm like, what else, what other senses are there, you know? And so that's why the practice of it all of like, okay, five things you can see. And once you get those five things you can see, you're like four things I could touch. And then, you know, you start feeling around of like, okay, touch the ground or you touch know, your shirt. Yeah. Like a, a material. Cause it's like touching, touch the person next to you, mm -hmm, touching yourself. I don't know if that does help or not, but I feel like you're more focused on touching something else or figuring out what to see. Maybe you can do a, I see this and then now I can touch it, <laughs> you know, stroke the furry wall. <laughs> well, you could, I mean, if you, if you want to fo focus on things that you touch, so <laughs> Like I said, don't say I can feel myself. Yeah. What on yourself can you feel? Mm -hmm. So you're focusing. The point of this is to get you to ground yourself and to focus on something other than your attack. Yeah. So like I can touch my shirt. I can touch my chain. I can touch my beard for those who have them. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, so, so, and then pull it. Then you're like, oh, I can feel that I too. feel that. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so it goes four things I can touch. Three things you can hear and I mean obviously whenever you're if you go outside you know you can hear the wind or you can hear the birds or you can hear the cars you're inside you know you can hear the talking or the I would say the talking of people <laughs> I know that was not okay the conversations of people. <laughs> yeah like the voices of people you know yeah. you can hear the conversations you can hear them talking uh you know you can hear like even I mean I would say like you're breathing like like try to like hear your breathing to focus on your breathing that you need to breathe. Cause some people, when you're focusing on other things, you forget to breathe. And especially in during like, anxiety attacks, like there's a point where you feel like you can't breathe and you start panicking. I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't, I can't, you know, so, so you it's like, more. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, listen to your breathing. I think that for three things you can hear, I feel it would ground you more listening to your breathing. And, and those, those you know, slowing down your breaths as well. I was going to say, you know, if you hear that, then you can also make a decision. I'm breathing real fast yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. Wait, That's what slow, and then that. Bringing me to that. Yeah, yeah. like you, you kind of monitor your breathing because you're like, oh, I'm breathing so fast. Let me calm it down. 
uh, two things you can smell. And I feel like that might be two things you can smell and could be easy <laughs> because you can't really smell a lot of things other than it's not right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, but like in my case, I was like, I can smell my kettle corn because yeah. I had it. And I knew that kettle corn had a smell and I couldn't think of anything else because again, I mean, there was bodies all around me and I don't want to say I smelled sweat because I couldn't smell sweat. Oh, I didn't smell BO. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I just focused on, smell my kettle corn and then all of it i kicked to like what can i see and, and obviously that was i started with a smell when you like overloaded your senses you're like smell touch here <laughs> exactly yeah and, and i overstimulated myself and that comes up too that's why it didn't work for me and then that last one is one emotion you can feel uh which i can't really pinpoint because some people i mean it could be a trigger of like one emotion i feel like anxiety and then you're kind of back at five again <laughs> so I would say kind of like one emotion you can feel or one emotion you want to feel of like calmness or happiness or focus on that one emotion that you really, you know, can get you out of it, you know, which is maybe having a happy thought you know, or kind of putting yourself in a situation where like, I am safe, I am calm, right. I am this, I am that. So maybe at the end, you can identify where you're at and then say what emotion, one emotion you should feel. Yeah. So like for you, if everything was done how it was supposed to be, you could be like, well, what should I feel right now? I should feel happy and excited that I'm about to see a concert. And if I'm in my house, I should be like, I should feel safe. Yeah. You know no. I mean? And and it kind of bring, brings me back to the point where, you know, one of the paramedics also mentioned, like, like you could have felt the excitement for the concert and then the anxiety kicking in. And it's kind of like two when you feel excited, your heart's beating fast and right. you're anxious. Like you mentioned, you know, I'm anxious to see them and I'm anxious about my mother. And those two things are not good for right. <laughs> my anxiety in general. So those are the five, four, three, two, one. Uh, we hope that you can, you know, practice them and implement them because I need to totally practice them because I did not get them right. <laughs> but again, when you're in that moment and you feel that mania and that panic and you can't, Find yourself to do, you know, those uh, five, four, three, two, one, and or you can't make that connection. I mean, I wish that I could see it's like a five, see, four, touch, three, hear, two, smell, one, feel, you know, kind of thing. And so for me, I've been trying to study them like that, like a five, see, four, touch, you know, and, and it's like not five things you can, things you can, because it's things you can all the way, five that you can that you can so it's just five four three and so hopefully those are one of the things if you've tried it before and it has helped you you know the perks of it and and how it could work when you implement it in a correct way and if you haven't and you thought of wanting to do it practice it and I tell you this because I didn't practice it and when that moment came I was like I'm ready for this mm -mm, no I was not ready for this I was like gun loaded but where's my ammo <laughs> You know, like yeah, that's what the classic saying is like when when you're about to do a boxing match and then bing, the bell rings you forget 80 percent of what you learned you're yeah. like wait a minute yeah SATs, you're taking your test right or what mike tyson said you know everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's a similar exactly. thing with the attack it's like yeah. wait a minute once once it's go time you know this is why you got to try to make it second nature mm -hmm. and um it it takes some doing it takes some work you know it's and then the other thing I would add on to just it, 
it's like the healthy maintenance that we've talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you're eating healthy as you can. Yeah. Try to be active. This is all things that are going to help get you the hydration, get less likely to be anxious about things, right? I know I've, especially lately, um, my wife now works on another schedule. My kids are in school, so it's been a struggle to work out. So I've been getting more anxious lately Mm -hmm. and I've been like getting more irritable lately because I don't get all that stuff out. Like we talked about previous episodes. So it's like, you got to be able to maintain your vehicle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, definitely. So hopefully again, these little, you know, tips that we give out will help you in the long run in a certain way. But remember for something to work, you really have to keep practicing, you know, practice makes better. I don't like, I don't like the saying practice, practice, practice makes perfect (laughs) (laughs) because there's always room for improvement. You know, nothing is ever perfect. I mean, I think that's also one of the things that people aim for perfection when in reality you can't, we can't really. Which can trigger anxiety. You're trying to make it all perfect and it's just not going to happen. And so when I, when I share with my son, like I, he, you know, is in a soccer team right now and well, he's in a soccer academy to learn, you know, to play soccer. And then he got invited to the team, but yet in tryouts, he didn't make it, but the coach sees potential in him. And he's like, you know, you can keep bringing him here because he's not gonna, like the academy is not gonna teach him as much as what he needs to learn here on the team. And so I tell Jordan, Jordan, practice makes what? And he goes, better or practice makes what improvement yeah my wife practice my wife does the same thing she yeah. says practice makes better yeah because you can't tell these kids practice makes perfect because then they're like i have to be perfect and right. especially at a young age you know you have that mindset of like my parents want me to be perfect and we all we've all had those you know uh what do you call it those standards that are too mm-hmm, high that you can't reach and right then you start making yourself feel worse because like, I can't reach the standard that they have. And, and it's really, it really sucks. But that's when you need to come in and be like, you know what? Practice makes better. Practice makes improvement. Nothing makes it perfect. Like, you know, so practice, 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 because I'm practicing myself then. It was a horrible experience and I do not wish this upon anybody. And if you are suffering from this, I'm so sorry. And, you know, I hope, that you get the help that you need and you help yourself and you begin with boundaries. Like some people don't realize that setting boundaries helps and goes a long way because I had to do that recently. And I'm like, Oh, I should have done this. It's a long time ago. I should have done this 30 years ago. So, so we should, we should then take the time to say once again, guys, we're not professionals. No. All right. You should definitely, we encourage you to find professional help. If should you need to, this is, Purely just to give you some ideas of things to think about mm-hmm. to help strengthen your mental health yeah. and to help get you through these times. Remember, anxiety, mental health, the all the bad stuff, it's not necessarily – I don't like the word cure. It's yeah. like an allergy. you got to maintain it, mm-hmm. all right? And it, it, it comes and goes, and you just got to learn how to live with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, honestly, let's see. We've been here over an hour. I think this is a good – this would be a perfect place to – to stop and then next episode on anxiety part three we could go through we have some songs that we can spend a lot of time on um, <laughs> that really help like i got like a book of songs of anxiety yeah. that i could go through 
And then also some quotes, um, do all the nice fun stuff. You know, we've hit you guys really hard with a lot of content. I know. We knew this was going to happen with the topic of anxiety. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to do a different parts. I mean, who's to say, we don't want to stop at part three. Nobody's going to say that, but it's just kind of like, there's so many things that can, you know, trigger anxiety or the different types of anxiety or the different coping mechanisms. There's so much out there for just anxiety. And I remember when I mentioned to my mom, about me having anxiety and she goes back in my day if I would have said oh I have anxiety they would have been like whatever that's nothing but it's like you need to understand that as the world moves on mental health moves on too and we need to normalize it we need to make people understand that 30 years ago 40 years ago there was technology was not as advanced as it is now the internet was barely coming out probably phones and iPhones and all that. Like I still remember when we had, you picked up the phone and then the internet went out. (laughs) iPhone came out in 2006 guys. Yeah. And I was born in 92. Exactly. Right. There was a time when we didn't have these, the world at our fingertips, basically we have the world at our fingertips and before we didn't have that. So before there wasn't that realization of like, Oh my God, there's all these people in the world who, are kind of experiencing the same thing of anxiety, depression, you know, any type of mental health issue because we weren't aware. And now that we are, it's like, we need to normalize it. This is something that has been going on for years, Mm -hmm. but just because before they didn't know how to handle it, or we didn't know how much or how many people out there, you know, had this doesn't mean that it wasn't there. It didn't exist. Maybe the dinosaurs had anxiety too. We don't know. For anyone, for anyone who uses the term of in my day, that, that wasn't a thing. Um, It was a thing. It was just never talked about. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, well, you know, 30 years ago, I got through it just fine. It's like, well, did you? Look at you now. But But it's like, but like, think about how much better it could have been. Mm-hmm. had you addressed it mm-hmm. you know what i mean so exactly. um like, that might be a self-defense mechanism you know what mm-hmm. i mean yeah and and remember like once you realize and, and come to terms of like okay you know what uh this is how i'm feeling and you know kind of grounding yourself of like where is this coming from you really start noticing other things yeah you yeah. really do like you start noticing like your mood change and you know even like your taste, like you're like, oh my God, I used to put up with this and I really don't like it. And when you set that boundary, oh God, that has to be an episode of it in and of itself. <laughs> you realize so many things that you just accepted. Why? Because social, or not even social, sorry, society, society, and who cares? Uh, you'll be fine. And in my day, that was nothing. You'll get over it you'll be fine. Like, no, like you start setting these boundaries of like, this is how I feel. And if you don't care about how I feel, I'm sorry. Like this is, you know, you need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health. We've always been, you know, this is what the podcast is, you know, meant to do is to kind of bring up these things and make people feel like there's other who are working on themselves as well and who are here for you if you ever need anything because we always every time we end this episode saying you know suggestions anything ideas even if you just want to write to us and express or like you know anonymously or you don't have to tell us who you are even if you need to talk to somebody express yourself go ahead and send us an email or anything and how would they do that laura no i'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> ah.
So you can reach us at our, our social media. <laughs> Instagram is at fostering.growth.pod. Our Twitter is at foster underscore growth with two H's. Um, our Facebook, you can search us up as Fostering Growth Pod um, or podcast. Um, and again, email us suggestions, ideas, anything that maybe you want us to talk about, you know, and, and bring up or just that you maybe want to make others aware of. You need advice, you need help. I know we're not professionals, but we really are here as human beings who have experienced so many different things and would want to still help you, not just want to keep it to ourselves. We right. want to be able for you guys to feel safe that you can reach out to us. And so we will always keep saying it. You know, uh, you can reach us at fostering.growth.pod at gmail.com. And you guys can help us help people by sharing with other people this podcast. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends, tell your family. If you think this podcast can benefit them even a little bit, tell them they can find us anywhere there are podcasts, basically. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google. We are now on Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio. The list goes on anywhere you find your podcast. Yep. You can find us there. Find us there. We're really trying to spread it as far and wide as we can. And as we always say, thank you to our international listeners because it's crazy to see to see those new places pop up and be like, oh my god, one listener, but all it takes is one to you know build up a little teeny army <laughs> of mental health. It's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah. And the fact is, like. I feel honored that someone in the Philippines took a moment to listen to us. You yeah, know? exactly. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back with another couple episodes, mm-hmm. uh, one for anxiety, and we got some love languages coming up, which I'm really excited about because I took some <laughs> quizzes and I was astonished by the uh, the results and how to defer <laughs> with Laura. So Yeah, and as always, thank you so much for all the support. Thank you guys for all the love. Thank you guys. Some of you reach out to me personally, uh, you know, telling me how much that podcast has helped or like things that you're like, oh my God, I never thought about that. So always remember, you know, leave a review for us. Just a tiny word, maybe your favorite emoji, you know, but it really does help us put ourselves out there, you know, especially on like Apple Podcasts. Like, you know, if, if the momentum goes, people will be able to see it more. And it really does, you know, help support us in at least that way so thank you guys so much we are still here we are <laughs> still definitely trying to make more content for you i am taking that social media break and when i come back i promise i will try to put my anxiety to the side of wanting to show more to you guys because that's really one of the big things of why i haven't posted or why i don't post is because i don't think that i'm good enough and it's like no you should I should so I'm taking that time for myself you know really focusing on my anxiety you know focusing on my mental health and when I'm back I promise you I'm gonna be there <laughs> all right guys thanks again and have a good one thank you bye, bye.